This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that all children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. <laughs> all right. So uh, welcome to the next panel uh, here at MadCon 2022. Um, we're going to be talking about the future of diegetic podcasts. Now, before we dive into that, I have the annoying professor instinct and it will be with me for the rest of my life. Dante. What's diegetic mean? Uh, diegetic uh, deals with whether the sound exists inside of the reality of the scene or is just put in afterwards. When I was a TA, I had to teach Nicely about answered. diegesis. <laughs> All right. I picked on the right student. Very good. Yeah. Um, and Dante, why don't you go ahead and tell us who you are? Who are you, Dante? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy who does stuff. <laughs> no, uh, I'm Dante. I just graduated uh, with my master's degree uh, in television, screenwriting, and production. Um, and I have an obscenely specific undergrad degree um, because I went to the same school that Jim Henson, the Muppet guy, went to, and he made it so you can do whatever you want. Uh, I... <laughs> I am a, a horror writer by trade as well as a voice actor. Um, uh, I do special effects makeup and costuming as well. That's that's my bag. Hi, hell yeah. We're, we can get along great, Dante. Ooh. I also did special effects makeup for a hot second in undergrad when I was a, th- a musical theater major. And then I did an abrupt shift into law. Um, yep. <laughs> It'll do that. Yeah, it will. <laughs> I did the other way around. I did that all through undergrad. It's a and... weird connection between those two, but it's there. Yeah. Now I, I do um, settlement <laughs> coordination for a law firm as yeah. my nine to five. Yeah, that'll do it. Yep. That does the trick. It's a, I've, I've excited people from like, you're just like Felix, right? And be like, you'd be, I'm not, it's not a, an unusual thing, but also shut up. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need to throw me under the bus that hard. All right. So diegetic, um, we're talking about um, the future of diegetic podcasts. So when we talk about diegetic podcasts. We're talking about stuff like, um, like Jack of All Trades is a found footage podcast. Uh, and found footage is one of the classic forms of diegetic media, right? Where everything that you have, you are listening to is something that has been found and either archived or is you, you the listener, are going through it after the fact. Um, it often is a, a, a device for horror in particular, um, especially because you know whatever has happened has already happened. There is no communicating with the protagonist anymore. There is, it's already, you have a, an, an innate sense of this having happened uh, before you got there. Um, but what other kinds of diegetic podcasts or diegetic media are there? Like are, aside from the found footage and like the Blair Witch Project vibes, what else mm. could we, we, could we classify as diegetic? Dante! Uh, uh, okay, uh, you raise your uh, hand. Epistolary stuff falls falls under this. Um, I feel like it's way more common with like novels and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like you get you get your 
uh, Frankenstein is all epistolary. Uh, Dracula mm-hmm. is the first found footage, but it's also technically epistolary because it is. It's you know it's compiled by the person who published whatever. Mina, can you say the beginning of what is it? Epistolary is basically like a compiled thing. Usually, it's done with letter. Like that's the best example of like compiling oh, okay. a book of letters sent between two people. Letters or articles sometimes are messed yeah. Yeah, it's basically like written documentation from a from a time that's like put into a narrative, and usually it's a back and forth. But I don't think that's part of the actual definition. I think that's just kind of you can just have it be one person sending yeah. out letters. That is an option. Yeah, um, I think and was- so that exists a lot, and I've seen that done nicely with like straight up and down the that's what the green brothers have been doing for years and years. Like dear <laughs> Hank and dear John, that's just epistolary YouTube videos. Like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So would you would you say that's diegetic then? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think Hank Green actually exists in the world. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'll be, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I was just about to say that exact phrase. <laughs> we hang out too much, I think. Um, right, so what were you gonna say, Kai? Uh, I was gonna say like, I mean, it's it's such a easy one to go to but like welcome to night vale like you are yeah. a citizen listening to the radio show in this place you are a yeah. citizen of night vale um and so you're just like sat there this, they're speaking to you kind of thing um, yeah yeah would you say no i had a question for you Kai, because i was thinking about this after the fact um because i originally was like oh potato being is an obvious example here of dynamic is it or is there stuff that us the listener gets to be privy to like the vibe and tonal shifts because um, you add a lot of like impact yeah. sound that I don't know would be, yeah. Uh, but it's the future. I don't know. Maybe there is vibe music. Like I, it's, it's <laughs> the, the the narration. I think is like a is like a thing of like this yeah. is not somebody speaking to anyone. This is just the internal thoughts of a character. Yeah. Um, and there is definitely like score that, uh, like. The first bits of score I did was like, yeah, no, only you're hearing this. This isn't a thing that they're hearing. Yeah. Just to kind of, but like score in the fact that in the way that I do music, so like, arguably music, everything's music anyway. But I'm like, what, what, what? What's the layman? <laughs> Always a really bad sign when your band goes. I mean, really, everything's music, and you're like, hmm, 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 hmm. man, uh, this fifteen dollars I spent is gonna backfire. Yeah. Hard. <laughs> um, luckily, all my music's free. Uh, but then uh, they. Um, then there is like in the like last episode and then the episode before that there is like sounds that are kind yeah. of up in the air as to whether it's diegetic or not whether are they hearing this because it is they're in a weird fucking space that like is between yeah. reality it's like maybe this is happening it's just an unexplained phenomena off in the distance because i like will slap a reverb on some bit of no input that i've done and suddenly it's like is that happening or is that just an effect which i think mm-hmm. i had a lot of fun messing with um so maybe is the answer. <laughs> I don't know. I you think, know, that's the perfect possible yeah. answer for Chain of Being is, is it? <laughs> because my follow-up to that was because my because at first I was like, it's a perfect example. Then I was like, oh, but is it though? And then I was thinking, mm-hmm. okay, but if it's sound as occurring, not necessarily in the space, but to Adam, I think you can mm-hmm. make that argument that like as Adam is acknowledging the world around him, like he definitely has input, sensory input that nobody else seems to be getting. And um, you have diegetic that is with narration or does diegetic have to be like this is okay. uh yeah. it does have to exist in the world okay then so no. I think, uh it has no, to yeah. exist in the world but there's like kind of like stipulations on that depending mm-hmm. on the media so like okay. i'm gonna use my favorite example of this yes which is the great gatsby so yeah. when we're discussing the novel in theory nick's 
like narration is and like technically this isn't like a real example of diegetic because it's just it's written as a plain novel it's not written as whatever but if you read it as his account or his inner thoughts that is literally happening and it's his perspective and it exists and it's there but then if you watch the 2012 Baz Luhrmann version which Mm -hmm. I really really enjoy that narration is no longer diegetic because it is put over top of scenes that it's not actually in sure so it's like one of those like weird twisty things where like if you want to count the great gatsby as not just like prose text if you want it to be nick writing because he is a writer he says at the very beginning that he's a writer and it's a whole thing the the great however you want to say what great means you know then it is literally it exists it's him writing it it's mina's diary it's walton's letters um but movie is not or like in if you look at in the 2022 batman there's Radiohead playing, and then he turns his radio down. That's one of my favorite yeah. tropes in modern media is like a, a way to transition into the um, the scene itself. It's so cheesy, and every single time I'm like, "Oh, they did the thing!" Uh, <laughs> my favorite, my favorite yeah. is the reverse. Uh, one of my yeah. favorite, one of my favorite movies is Repo: The Genetic Opera, and. Okay, so it's a rock opera, right? So it's a it's a musical. You have many to things. Of, it's many things. You, ha- you have to kind of assume that, like, okay, musical rules, whatever. But then there's this one shot where they're in a limousine and it pulls out to the outside, and you just hear from the inside muffled. Oh. So like, it now establishes that they're actually singing through <laughs> this whole thing. Yeah. Because you hear Roti's voice like muffled, and that. Mm. Ch- Everything. musicals fuck me up like that i i i think that's why i can't fully get into them because it's like are they actually doing this or is this like what is this representing is this, is, this a, is this a representation of their inner like thoughts or is this like they're all just actually like singing and is this just that? a magical world where they do you all not that? sing all the time no we don't do that here it's mm. <laughs> a strictly american thing yeah, no. <laughs> too much passion you get killed <laughs> Like they just nudge you elsewhere, like, oh, you're not British, sorry. Yeah. Uh, you gotta go. <laughs> That's, <a> <laughs> um, that's okay. Alright, so the, the version of the media can also change. Like I like that the movie not being diegetic, but the book could in theory if you make the argument for it. And that's always the best sign that you've found you've hit gold is the in theory if you make an argument for it <laughs> definition. Um, okay. This week. <laughs> you consider uh... <laughs> Well actually. Um just so but we're talking about the future of diegetic podcasts, right? So what uh, Lee mentioned earlier in the welcoming uh, that we have as a community with podcasts in particular, all flocked to this. Like we've mm. got Welcome to Night Vale, we've got Magnus Archives, we've got Parkdale Haunt, we've got Jack of All Trades, and of course I'm listing all the horror things and you might see my bias here, but like this is not an unusual phenomena mm. with uh, audio drama specifically, whereas with books and movies and stuff, it's typically the odd duck out. Um, there's, It's not as common. Like you finding out that like, and this was the person talking to you the entire time is like a genuine twist still versus like, like, oh yeah, no, mm. obviously we're reading the diary of whatever the hell. Um, unless, of course, you subscribe to Dr. Dracula Daily, in which case you are currently <laughs> doing that. But um, why? Why do you think this has become such a thing with podcasts? I was about not to say to... something, but that's wrong. But sorry, go on, go on. 
<laughs> Do you want to go for it? Let me decide. What's wrong well, with it? Well, I was going to say it's because like you're actively pressing play on an audio file, so it makes sense that you've been given this single thing. But you're also actively sitting down and watching a film of something. But whereas I think because okay. no, but I'm not... that. There's like you there have more much. control. Yeah, you could yeah. pause this. You, there, it's meant to be fussed with a bit, I guess. But, yeah. Okay, you also did all the film, though, like, if you're sat watching a film on your computer and then you can press pause, so it's kind of like... I, I guess think so. audio, audio files are more frequently sent on their own, I feel like. No, that's no, because then people send videos of shit to each other all the time, so I wonder... I think there's more, like, I, but you've hit something here. There's a, because there's, there's definitely, you're not supposed to pause a movie kind of a thing, versus, like, if somebody sent me, like, a video of them playing with their dog, I would not feel an iota of regret pausing it to go get water or something. Whereas, like, I feel a little smidge bad, even if I'm, like, by myself, pausing a movie midway through, wanna, like, an yeah. scene. Yeah, like, I feel like I've, I've, like, not acknowledged the art in some way. But you're right. Like, somebody could send me videos of, of stuff and that would be different um mm. i guess audio file lends to being more casual maybe um yeah. i don't know but that's there's something, a, something there is a historical component of this okay uh so not to not to agree with the adversary and what they said during the opening earlier my, my <laughs> the nemesis lee uh <laughs> uh the so one of the one of the things that has with with audio is I, let me back up part of my part of my field of study is called media necromancy which sounds baller but is baller for a different reason uh <laughs> it's, it's basically like taking something and ripping it into a different medium so like okay. taking taking the novel war of the worlds and making it the audio drama taking the audio drama and making it the movie right and then like sure. dealing with like interactive fiction and how stuff like that develops but audio is always the first thing in our homes uh it's the most intimate form of media so like not to be that guy but like from the beginning we sat around the campfire <laughs> the but like the first but, thing yeah. that we put into our homes is that whether it's mm. someone you know reading the letter from your cousin who's out of the country or getting a record from someone in the war or the radio being in your house that's the first thing and then it becomes oh, okay there's stuff. movies in the cinema okay now you can have tv at home now this and that's true it even, it even moved with us of the first thing we could take with us was music we start developing ways yeah. to like listen to sound listen to audio okay audiobooks are a thing and then one of the first thing we ported onto you know phones as they became like ubiquitous in life was being able to listen to music and being able to listen to audio yeah and that went directly to podcast because it's ipod cast right and there's that whole lawsuit nonsense about it and so there's a specific type of intimacy that comes with like in the home in the hand like this is this lives here mm -hmm. that it's, it would yeah. be a little weird if it was just like i through my phone that i am listening to i can hear an entire world versus through my phone that i have i can hear my friends talking or i can hear yeah. you know a, a song that you know someone sat down and recorded like music we know sure. someone sat down recorded, produced it put it out and we can get to it if it's like the way television works is we're just seeing a snapshot and yeah. so there's like a weird sort of like we have a difficulty buying into it because it's intimate and it's in our homes and it's with us and it's like a 
Okay. Yeah. So our suspension of disbelief is going to be of a much higher standard. Uh, like we're, we're less willing to excuse that um, and need to be a little bit more convinced. That is actually kind of the route that I was going to go when we, like, I had to stop myself from, from diving into my feelings on why uh, indie creators tend to lean towards that. Um, but my, my first instinct was we're critics. We're critics of art. We have been consumers of art and we're like, this is very much indie produced. So this is not based off of big budget stuff that we think will be most mass pleasing. This is the, our, the target audience is us. Um, and as a result, we make the media that we think would be the most believable. And if we tend to be harsh critics of ourselves, diegetic leans well towards like, no, it's not, we're not asking you to suspend your disbelief at all. Actually. Yeah. You don't have to suspend a goddamn thing. We will come to you. <laughs> I mean, that, it's like a defense mechanism. Like, well, if Almost, it, it's, yeah. it's, it's a real thing. So like, what are you, you doing? Know, is that like, as in, so the quality of like the, well, yeah, is that, I think so. Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah. I think I hear what you're saying. And like, because we're going to have a much higher standard for what we are willing to believe out of sure. the stories that we produce. Um, and okay. like, yeah. I mean, like, it's like when you were telling me forever ago about like how much thought goes into the sound effects in the background of chain of being scenes and you you have to like stop yourself and be like i spent like a week on this like sneeze that no <laughs> one is going to notice you of someone like hammering a nail into a wall it's like exactly. yeah everyone really cares about that fucking guy putting a picture <laughs> on his wall yeah nice one guy. that's why the episode is two weeks late because there's fucking hammer noise isn't it <laughs> yeah, but i bet it was a good fucking hammer noise yeah. it was <laughs> Very good. Uh, but like, that's what I mean. Like, so in, because when you listen to your own media later, you're going to hold yeah. it to that standard. Whereas if you listen to, if I sent you like, yeah, I recorded this podcast, it'd be really weird if you're like, yeah, the AQ of the hammer guy in the background is kind of shit, actually. Um, yeah. And I can no longer believe your story. <laughs> so is it, is it bad? I kind of want someone to put that level of critique into it, though. Or is that like oh. a weird? Is that just I, me? I want you to make that. a. I want you to make a supercut of just all the background noises you think yeah, no right. one hears, and just upload it with no comments, yeah. like exact same show notes, whatever. Just <laughs> chain of being minus the chain. Yeah. <laughs> just being. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that that was my theory is that we were a harsh critic and because we don't have any um mm. studios or producers like <laughs> beating that out of us and saying i don't care produce it i think um, in that same thanks. vein like quality and ability is part of it yes. as well in that like if you look at uh for example uh, magnus archives or like the web series carmilla Mm -hmm. They're both they're both very cognizant of like what on their budgets and abilities they can actually like quote unquote show or like yeah. sound. Yeah. And so like part of the reason it was on the tapes in the beginning in Magnus Archives was just because it was audio quality. It's you put that filter on and it's fine. Carmilla, you don't have any of the action scenes right in front of you because they can't shoot can't them, right? So yeah. they just they set it up as this real dead to camera thing. And so when you make it like you literally have to be able to record it. You kind of save yourself a little bit when it you comes do. to certain things and are able to like drift also into that like narration realm. So I, I also write for the gray rooms. Um, mm. I had written like an anthology episode for them and I'm helping write season five. Yay. Everyone get hype. Um, and one of their things that they really like is just 
you know, because it's first person. So they yeah. let someone get into these really like descriptive, like horror monologues that you wouldn't get like if you just did all the sounds for it it would just be a lot of slurping versus like you know you can get really into the, like the na- nave to chops viscera just the sound of me with a slurpee after 7-eleven actually i'm sorry guys I'm exactly talking. yeah so it, it gives you the it gives you this ability to sort of like exactly how like a, a a novel do an interpretive filter of like you're not just experiencing something that scares you you're experiencing somebody else's fear as yeah well. and it's it's that thing of yeah. like i know some people talk about horror novels don't get to them because they're the one reading it it's mm-hmm. right that bridge which first of all bullshit fuck you it, you're bad at reading <laughs> read rebecca and come back yeah caitlin r kiernan would like a word uh but like with a <laughs> podcast it's very much like just one word that's all, hey, all she needs hey, let me let me show you something real fucked up baby girl like it's just <laughs> hey, dude, you know you can't stop yeah. imagining right. you're not reading it i'm telling you about it right. my skin is this off is happening to you the yeah. adversary <laughs> hi lee <laughs> bullshit um that's actually a very good point and like uh when so jackie and i way before fn existed um well i guess not way before it kind of all snowballed but um we decided to make a podcast (laughs) and we decided to do this for funsies and we thought this will be a great hobby that we can share together as as buds uh new friends that we met at work we didn't think this was going to be a big deal Anyway, um, and um, it's, it's turned out all right, I think. Um, so we decided to make this uh, podcast, and it was, and I've told the story a few times before, so if you've heard it before <laughs> uh, from listening to multiple uh, FN events, I'm sorry, you're going to hear it again. Um, Jack of All Trades was made based off of a joke of me not understanding the Magnus Archives. So I have, there's something like chemically wrong with me that like my fear reaction is delayed enough that like it no longer has the intensity of like a flinch reaction um phenomenal for leadership positions and shit because i'm unflappable possibly to a worrisome extent but like uh it means that like when the fear does settle in it's more of a slow creeping like terror rather than an immediate sense of horror um and that's one of the big reasons that I, it, it took me forever to understand horror as a, as a medium because I wouldn't wait. I would sit through there and people would be like, wasn't that terrifying? I'd be like, not really, because for me it was delayed and I wouldn't take the time to let it like sink in or evaluate the tropes of it or what that meant in a narrative. And Jackie was the first person to introduce me to that. And she's like, okay, actually one of the best pieces of media that you can really begin with, especially if you're coming in with a modern perspective, um, and you know you don't have the nostalgia aspect here to back you up on anything would be the Magnus Archives because it literally dives into what is fear. Why is this scary to you? Why is this not scary to someone, somebody else? Um, and it will eventually hit something that you are scared by. Um, and which, but it, it meant that um, Jackie, who knows me very very well, knows that I will um, immediately go find transcripts and then read the whole thing. And I will like I read much faster than I listen, and so I will just. Inhale that stuff, and, and uh, I do this with video games. Do this with like I, I will read the Wikipedia for a book because I thought like, oh, I needed to look up the name of something. But while I'm here, <laughs> and like, and the spoilers don't bother me to be clear. And I, I'm one spoilers of those people that they're not real. real. Uh, there are some instances like Outer Worlds. Don't look it up because it's genuinely a better experience. But it won't ruin it. It's just it makes it better to explore it. But I've 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 maybe two or three examples of media and that that I genuinely believe that that is like 
part of it. Whereas like, if it's just a surprise or a twist in the end, I don't think that that's ruined necessarily. I always um, find myself I, anticipating it. I find it more exciting. Yeah, I there's, too, there's a study oh, about this. Little stuff too. Hold on, there's a study about this. Let me pull the, let me pull the article real quick so I can actually talk Please about do. it. But so, so Jackie was introducing me to horror through the Magnus archives. Right. And, um, and we've been kind of talking about writing a podcast together just for funsies. Um, and there's an episode of the Magnus archives called the lost Jones cave that so many people are terrified of and understandably uh, underwater cave diving is horrifying is the concept <laughs> like why <laughs> why you guys ever gone caving no i'm saying i don't do that i went caving in west virginia one time and first of all it was wonderful uh, I feel it. like that's a trauma bonding thing people yeah, say. Yeah, it, again, again, caving, not cave diving, caving. Okay, okay, all right. So all right, a, little right, a little bit yeah, better, a little bit better. A little bit. more bones, a little less water. It was yeah. wonderful. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it got me prepped for Lost John Cavern in that yeah. I filled up my yeah, bathtub with water. I got a washcloth soaked in water. I put it over my face and I laid like that and listened to it. It was great because I, I also don't get freaked out by stuff. I'm like, I will give myself the best shot. <laughs> I want to experience it. <laughs> I want to experience it. Yeah. And like, and so she made me promise to not look up transcripts. Right. Um, so that's, that's a crucial element there. Um, and I also, <laughs> uh, I struggle with auditory processing cause I'm super ADHD. And so what she said is whenever you get confused about something, just message me and I'll clarify it for you. Um, and she responded super fast. So that was never a problem. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> listening to lost john's cave um with my husband and i have it between us like we actually have like a two desk set up here we're side by side um and uh, i had it set like the the speakers between us so that we could uh, experience the sound of sound side of it as best we could um i had it pointed a little bit more towards him though because he gets more out of that i think um and i was listening and i was listening and i was like oh, this is really interesting this is fascinating up until um the person or the letter being read, because I think it's a one where Jonathan reads it, uh, talks about the audio that they recovered from the cave um, that she has no memory of and is very creepy. And um, what I heard was, don't drop the beat, don't drop the beat, don't drop, which is not what she's saying. She's saying, take her, not me. So if anybody out there was as confused as I was, now you know. Um, and I was talking to Jackie about this episode because I had heard it perfectly clear. Like, I didn't think this was something that I'd misunderstood. I thought this was like, this is just another instance of Amy doesn't understand horror. Okay. And so I was like, so what? Why is rhythm relevant then? Like, why is this? I'm trying to find like the, like the narrative purpose to all of this or why we care that there's a beat at all to be dropped. And I'm like thinking of this as like a high academic level. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously it's gotta be something up there because it's not gonna be, uh, Mr. Johnny Sims, you wouldn't lead me astray like this, would you? And like, um, <laughs> and Jackie's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, don't drop the beat. She's like, that clarifies nothing. What are you talking about? And I was like, don't like, she says it over and over. Like take her, not me. Why would you ever accept that don't drop the beat? And she's like, wow, you really don't grasp horror, do you? <laughs> so Jack of All Trades was born of what if we had a protagonist in a horror series that was of that level of not getting horror, just didn't get it. And so it was diegetic because we wanted to have mm. the, like the audience aware of there's nothing I can do to stop this train wreck from happening 
while Jack is in the middle of it going, and I believe in my friends, and I believe <laughs> that my girlfriend loves me, and everything about this job is going to go awesome, and I think I'm in a rom-com, is what I think. And like, <laughs> and that was, so it was a, a, a combination of horror and comedy, so because I came from a comedy background, um, and have only recently dove face first into horror, um, but like, yeah, it's that that was the whole purpose of the diegetic uh, framing was that we as the audience got to go, oh, no. Oh, Jack, no. Oh, honey, no. And um, <laughs> that that made it so much more visceral, I think, to be able to experience what she experiences with her without any extra information. And still now like, oh, she's just kind of dumb. OK, <laughs> so that was the joke that started Jack of all trades. And I'm sorry for telling that story a million times. But the purpose of that being the diegetic media has a framing context that adds something to a narrative even by the omission of stuff that you otherwise would have in a narrative um where i was going with that is what does omission do in narratives what is that what is the impact of that in stories um, when of we have um, a mission uh okay. like we don't have the the extensive description of the slurping sounds right so what is the omission impact then i so i personally there, I feel like there's a couple of answers to this, and like the the right up front one is like it gives the listener room to do whatever, right? And that's where fan fiction and speculation and whatever come in. Yeah. But I, I I do think a very important part of media is that it is consumed, and consummation is not like a harmless process. And so when sure. you Hi, I I am a horror writer. You have to destroy what you like. No, but like in order <laughs> in order to like receive a story or receive yeah. any input, it has to be parsed through so many like layers that like it's impossible not to put something on it. And when every single rung of that ladder is filled in, you end up like bumping up against it. And like yeah. obviously like media criticism shouldn't exist in that way where like the second you disagree with something it's no longer good at star wars fans but like uh <laughs> hi the thing that makes you a star wars fan is liking star wars not hating all the movies my guys but like <laughs> when when you leave rungs off of the ladder purposefully or like leave stuff yeah. omitted you leave nice spaces for your you to slot yourself into and mm -hmm. either you know fill something in for yourself or understand it more or play with it more or even just like you know even if you don't do anything with that space you fall into it and you're trapped there like sorry but you are now stuck yeah you, this is uh, this is where you live now whoops. yeah now you're gonna think about this for about eight billion years yeah uh, and i'm gonna i'll say this because because lee is here uh we are streaming a video game called Sherlock Holmes Chapter 1, made by Frogwares. It's game of the year every year. It's incredible. It's Sherlock Holmes for people who like Dorian Gray. That's the <laughs> premise of the game. Uh, and in it, everyone is sort of very styled 1886, sort of like sure. like Mediterranean style. Like, it's very, like, Wonderful. you know, normal. Except for Sherlock Holmes, who, first of all, this is teetotaler Sherlock Holmes. He doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't rat his hair, nothing. He doesn't do anything, no vices. He's 21 years old. And he is dressed in black suit, leather everywhere, straps across everything. It's this, like, bonkers, like, emo, steampunk, like, baby boy's first band concert. But also, he's goth. And so we spent forever talking about this suit that he's wearing. 
in that there is no conceivable world he bought this suit. He didn't buy this. There's no way he bought this suit. There's no way he asked for it to be made. It had to have been a hand-me-down that he wanted to change, or he liked to play pretend as a kid, a costume, like whatever. And so, like, it's there's something here. Yeah. There's there's no way he like wrote a letter to Mycroft, being like, "Can I have money to buy a like (laughs) goth ass like suit?" He didn't do that. Absolutely. I'm gonna look so fucking hot. Everyone's gonna love. Like he didn't do that. He He doesn't give a fuck. And so we spent you know, probably more time than it takes people to complete this game. Just discussing, (laughs) so why did he do this to his suit jacket? No, but legit, that's like a good question. And that's one of my biggest um, reasons I love costume design. Why do they dress like that? That was a very good question. Um, Yeah. Why does Bucky Barnes have 45 unique straps on him? (laughs) I don't think we're ready for that answer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the uh, the the impact of emission then i guess with diegetic podcasts is so much harsher because it's mm. silence right the lacking of information is always going to be silence in a diegetic yeah. podcast right am i, I mean genuinely there, <laughs> um, the last transmission you know once once this ends once this podcast stops playing once it like you whatever this, that yeah. is it yeah 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 and i I think that hits in a way that's different than tv that like tv is a thing we turn off and on whereas like hearing hearing someone's voice like a podcast ending abruptly is the same as your friend like dropping off a phone call like yeah like something happened i didn't end this this in like this a weird way control yeah this is not i didn't expect this to be <laughs> the way it is can yeah you, can you re i think the two glasses of wine have got to me can you i've lost the thread a little bit can you reiterate what the the what do you mean by like omission and then silence in terms of okay can you just like so, explain that to me like, yeah yeah, yeah. no i got you um so in jack of all trades right um we are hearing the recordings from her keystone Right. Okay. Um, for those who have not listened to Jack of All Trades, why? And two, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> the keystones are basically like a Swiss Army knife necklace thing that also act as a uh, monitoring because it's, you know, the enemy is always capitalism. Um, once she's hired, so it's for legal purposes, her boss says, to have recordings of all of her interactions with tenants on various Vitus Acadies properties so that if anything were to arise, they could, of course, treat it appropriately. Um, and, uh, Jack being the trusting soul she is goes, oh, that's so nice that you protect me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, So we, the listener, are listening to Keystone recordings, which are activated by, I think I said somewhere in there when I was researching, it was somewhere between 15 to 30 decibels of sound. So like breathing won't do it, but like if you cough loud enough or if you say something and it's sustained enough for like about 10 seconds, your Keystone will just start recording automatically. so That's when we're panic, by the way. Thank you. I thought it was pretty clever. Um, you get a super cut of every oh, time Jack coughs. That's actually all of season two. It's just Jack has a really it's nasty cold. Um, <laughs> um, but the uh, uh, yeah, so the keystone it, it is a it is a fallible object. It's it's it is an an inanimate object, and that does have impact. The, um, so what we're listening to is her experiencing it in real time. So there's not even like the, um, 
like, I guess the Blair Witch effect of like, you cut it and then we're going to come back and like, or whatever, uh, like there's, or uh, God, what am I thinking of? Um, Marble Hornets. Yeah, I'll remember Marble Hornets, mm-hmm. um, where like the the video would end abruptly midway through, and then it would like come to static, and then it would be clearly a new clip started playing, but it was still something that they the, they the creator paced in a way. Okay. Um, whereas you are listening to the Keystone recording, that whole recording is that whole recording, sure. um, yeah. and those 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 instances of sound were close enough together that that got all uh, tossed into the exact same file, even if the Keystone like went to sleep mode for a little bit. Yeah. Um, it was close enough that it was um, it was it was notable. Um, so, as a result, silence from Jack, silence from her environment is extra tense because there is. Um, five seconds before the keystone goes to sleep. Hmm. Five seconds of, of silence or anything below 15 decibels. I can see your brain going, Dante. <laughs> but there's five seconds, which means, and we tell the listeners this at the very beginning um, for the express purpose of having them go, one, two, three, Am I going to lose that information? Is everything that I like my connection to Jack right now, is that about to go? Um, So there are, uh, so Jack of all trades is a a comedy horror. um, And I will warn, we deliver on both. (laughs) Heavy handedly, we deliver on both. Um, And the first bit, of course, is comedy because everything's fine. Um, and we, we want you to, we just want you to have a good time, laugh and smile a lot. Um, but then there are instances where Jack is trying to run and hide and stay hidden. And that omission means that we, the listener, don't know if she's successful. We don't know if she's nailed it or not. And five seconds of silence could mean a lot of things. Um, and her keystone is registered to her, which she never questions why that is a thing. Um, or what that means, or why it seems to pick up on her sound specifically. That's odd. But Jack is like, that's what neat things you can do with technology these days. Gotta love her. Um, so that's what I mean by omission. We, okay. we stop giving you information. You no longer know if Jack is being intentionally silent or if something is forcing Jack to be silent. You don't hear the, like, <sighs> somebody yeah. hiding because that would pick up. Um... So that omission, I think, gives us a totally different kind of information. Um, and this was something that Jackie was trying to teach me about, about horror, that omission and over-information are key elements to comedy that translate really well into horror, too. Um, of like to not telling you the context of something and then slamming the context home at the end really, usually brings the joke home. Um, whereas with horror, you just don't bring it home. There's no point. <laughs> yeah, that's the only no. difference. Yeah, there's no punchline. You just get stuck. Of a story with um, the first Alien film, where apparently Ridley Scott yes. didn't actually want to ever show the alien at all, mm-hmm. and it was yeah. just gonna like, yeah, I think it, you only see it at the end when it gets ejected into space because like, only I yeah, fully. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. I think it definitely would have been a lot better. Then I guess in that way, you don't have to see how horrible the thing is. Like an audio drama of Alien, you wouldn't know, you would never see it. And no, that's right. mean, Yeah, which I think maybe that's that, that is why it's so good because like they also. I think what yeah. they nailed also with Alien is the thing about like the xenomorphs that is scary isn't the thing that they're visually showing you. Yeah. Um, like it's like the whole point of Alien is that like penetration is scary. Like mm-hmm. that's 
that's what it is. Mm. But when you're presented with these creatures, yes, they have every element of them screams sex at you, yeah. like in like a yeah. in a scary way, not in like a. Yeah. Well, it depends who you, it depends who you're not. It may, <laughs> might, you might be me, and it's a cool. It's a cool, and I didn't realize it was horror way. Uh, <laughs> this is a documentary that I'm watching. Uh, <laughs> but the thing of like, you know, your brain will tell you like, oh, big big scary monster, big teeth, the hard yeah. hard hard carapace, you know, second mouth, whatever. And so the thing you are seeing, yeah, yeah, uh, Tony is saying it's Geiger's whole state. Yeah. So like the thing you are seeing still isn't the thing that's hunting you. Yeah. And like that hits in like a great way of like a, and I think that's something that like uh, the movie without narration does quite well when you have the first person take the, like the face hugger, you don't get like a statement of that guy being like this is what it felt like here's how it yeah. did so um, i have the world's worst wednesday guys yeah <laughs> he just get on and then silence yeah until it's not yeah because like the only thing scarier than omission is when you come back from it and have yeah. to deal with the aftermath yeah so There's, that's a wonderful I, I wonder you know i wonder I wonder if the, one of the reasons this is so big with audio drama in particular, and this is something I harp on a lot when I'm directing scenes, is that you only get sound data. That's it. Mm. There's no, and mind you, we don't think about like, you know, touch, taste, smell or whatever when you're going to a theater, but it's there. Like yeah. this is all part of like the atmospheric build is something that is usually very intentionally done. If you have a set designer that has any merit, but like the, you, this is, this is the whole experience sensory wise for you whereas with audio drama maybe that's why we're pickier with them too of like i don't buy it yet yeah i'm just listening to this i am sat here on my couch why do i need to be scared why do i need to be laughing at this um maybe that's why it lends well to diegetic because we can omit so much easier it is so much harder to do an emission in like say live theater like we just you just stopped like <laughs> that didn't seem like a, a thing was omitted. It seemed like you fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like an intentional thing. Whereas with audio drama, all you have to do is stop recording, and that doesn't really sound all that different. And silence is something that can very much be intentionally placed in stories, so people aren't going to immediately go like, "Oh, is it fucked up?" And <laughs> mess up my computer. There's a like a rule like which was what we were taught in like sound for screen specifically, but I think it, it does apply that like. Don't don't ever like like you're not really supposed to have like total zero decibels at any point during a thing. You're always supposed to do some sort of room tone. Even it's like mm-hmm. you're never not hearing anything in your life ever. Even if you're in the fucking sensory deprivation, you can hear your own heartbeat. And the if you're in yeah. the, like water tank, like you're always listening to something. So I think it is that kind of like discomfort of if it actually drops to zero, it's like oh that's weird. That's not nice. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess. But then. Well, here we go. This I always end up going in circles with this thing about silence because you then, if it does drop to zero decibels, you are then just hearing the sound of the world around you and the headphones and the. That's the kind of a visceral reaction, right? Is it is it is it's a a story that is pulling you and pulling you in and then slam dunking you back out. Right. It's the, yeah, it's the drop off too. Yeah, like, I feel like this is something that's specific to things that are like in parts whether it's uh, yeah. episodic or novels or whatever, is that like a movie, you you top the bottom and however it ends, that's the end of it. But yeah. if you're doing a series or something that's episodic, you happen. are just left for a second and not expected to just suddenly continue with your life. There's more to go, but you yeah. are now thrust back into like, yeah. it is now dead silent and you're on the subway and yeah. you're no longer on the Hephaestus and you have to, mm-hmm. you know, 
whatever you're, you're you're suddenly there again and you have to pick it back up like you have mm. to make the choice to do like that, that. like it's make the choice to do that, that that's a that's you are real like this is something i think about a lot as a participating person yeah is when it's episodic horror you are continuing to put these people in danger if you if you stop yeah. listening if you stop watching the tv show whatever this That's is different than a movie you yeah. say you're, they're done they're done because they only exist as you're seeing them yeah and if you watch the next episode that's on you but if it's if it's diegetic then like and you're listening to this thing that's already happened it's already happened. has happened to them but you don't know what it is so it's i guess is it yeah like, and don't like feel guilty for not bearing witness to it yeah, yeah. they died with no one to mourn them listen to the death rattle coward <laughs> There's our thesis statement for this this particular. That's so a monochrome heavy metal band. Yeah, (laughs) the Death Rattle Coward. That's our first song. Our first first song is called "Listen to the Death Rattle Coward." (laughs) You do long distance heavy metal band. I'm sure. I think you could. Might be a part of this. I know I've got like pastel going on, but I feel like it's every group one. Like the one. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it'll be fine. It's perfect. Absolutely. I'll I recently just had to record a bunch of screaming, so I'm down. Perfect. There you go. Was, um, where were you like three months ago? <laughs> I was doing I was doing the sound design for a like a post battle scene. You know, like in medieval times, they just go around and, like shank everyone to death. Like, yeah. I was like, does anyone have any good screams? Because all the fucking free sound screams are shit. Well, You're I, horrible. You know, yeah. yeah, I just, I yeah, I I just recently got got uh, murdered by a, a whole demon. It'll be out soon. Oh, that's nice. Uh, at least it's a whole demon, not like you know a fifth of a demon. Like, come on. It was in my brain. It was very terrible. It was great. Yeah, awesome. I was sixteen. Yeah, it's fine. All right. So Tony's asked, are there any good examples of blending diegetic and kind of your standard audio drama? And well, I'm gonna lob this one at Dante because I have a hunch that he has opinions about blending diegetic and anything non-diegetic. But my, I'm gonna I'm gonna preempt it a, a little bit. Um, using my my mod, my mod powers here and say, um, I think the moment that you blend it, it's no longer diegetic, right? I think it's one of those things where it's it's the buying in, right? Okay. I, okay. I, right. I feel like I feel like so. I'll, I'll, I'll I will use the gray rooms as as an example sure. here. Um, the way the gray rooms works for anyone who hasn't listened to it or only listened to like early seasons, because like it, ha- it has changed significantly. When you listen to like the first couple episodes, it's like, this is tried and true, like creepy pasta. Like, you know, if that's your thing, that's your thing. If not, it's not, but like over the seasons, it like actually develops into like a quite effective uh, horror show. And the way it does, is it has frame stories and door stories. And like the door stories are the anthology things of like the whole premise is like, you like someone is trapped in the gray rooms and has to open a door and then when they go through the door they live through someone's death experience and it's that person like it's told in first person being like this happened then this happened and you hear what's happening around them as they sort of narrate it um which is not it is non-diegetic right this is like a they're just they're telling you the story you can't hear this this isn't a real thing but the frame story that starts it because like there's a person who has to open that door there's a person right. that exists that has to be diegetic that 
is diegetic because it is like a facility it is like a process that there are people running the gray room like there's an architect there is a warden like things like that where like this is a place that actually exists and because it has so much infrastructure even though they never say like you know it's being recorded or it can be heard or whatever like it's understood this that like still in front of a live studio audience yeah someone <laughs> built this place someone runs this place therefore yeah. the things that happen in this place are audible and because the way Grey Rooms works is that you have your frame story and then they open the door and go into like whatever their room is, you already have bought into it. Like you're already sold yeah. into like the I'm here, I'm that. with you, and now I'm just going to come with you, you know? And I so like, like I, I feel like some, po- I feel like podcasts could play a little bit more with like transitioning out of like starting it as like, you know, audio log da, 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 and then just you know uh, i have appointments today and then you just keep going with that person throughout their mm. day and yeah you know, they do not still have their voice recorder out but you still like you already sold it <laughs> you in. don't go to like kroger and yeah. be like and these peaches i feel like are a metaphor for i'm not leaving <laughs> shots continuing to be fired between the adversaries <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like I, you can you can buy in and like i feel like there's there's ways <laughs> lee's booing me in chat lee, hey hey lee post a photo of your phone case post a photo of your phone case coward what's your phone case look like that's also hey, lee, what's... release from the, <laughs> for the metal bed um, boo kick him off the panel boo <laughs> <laughs> yeah that one specifically <laughs> uh what was i gonna say but so like i feel like there's it's a it's a slippery slope though of if you go back and forth and back and forth and yeah, some stuff is and some stuff is it anymore. It's like um, mm, okay. Shut <laughs> up. How eccentric are we willing to go here? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I wonder so, then what is the like super saturation point of diegetic framing? Like where where do we get to the point where like that is enough? If we have any more addition into this. There isn't, this is no longer going to be believable. Sorry, I'm looking at the chat. I'm going to close like. Sorry, yeah. I'm putting some <laughs> posting threats on me. Um, <laughs> but then, then, but then, what, what, where do you start to label it diegetic or not? Like, if it has a diegetic uh, recording in, is it? It's just a thing with a diegetic recording in, or does it have to be completely 100% pure without any non-diegetic stuff in to be? Because like you can obviously most, have score. Most diegetic things are just pieces though you know like when you watch a movie the whole thing isn't diegetic but if someone has a radio the radio Mm. playing music is diegetic right because it's not the whole thing it's the and like when we get into talking about like a thing being diegetic like the whole thing we're talking Mm. almost exclusively about audio because hey most diegetic things are audio just generally speaking okay there we go then we're kind of hitting back to that why is this such a, a thing with podcasts maybe we've all just kind of recognized that audio is something that's easier for us to recognize as a visceral experience well, it's um, also like if you're watching a movie the 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 gun isn't real right, right? like, it, like, right. I mean, like it's, di- it's diegetic in that it you exists can, in the scene you can still see the frame of your tv screen you can it's, see yeah. your weird posters behind it you can it, see it, Everything. It's diegetic because it literally exists in their world, right? Like it's diegetic in that sense, but it doesn't mm. impact you in the same way. So part of, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of uh, of transmedia integration. So like this happens a lot with like ARGs and things like that. So like when yeah. something 
you know, a, a, a character in a show just this, this happened with Reaper the Genetic Opera is all the characters had MySpace accounts, right? Yeah. They all fully had MySpace accounts. And I, I was working so on a web weird. series. I was so working good. on a web series for something at one point. I had to put out an episode and I got banned from OnlyFans because of it. <laughs> Don't even worry. Not for pornography, for gore. Uh, but so like it's, you know, the OnlyFans that exists in this show would be right. exactly the same to us as it is to them. We can all access these gory, sure. horrible suicide photos, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so in even though the gun is diegetic, the gun doesn't affect us the same way no. it does the characters. But the audio does. If a song is playing, we are hearing the song just the same as they are. That is actually an extremely good point. And it reminds me, too, that we've got, um, we actually have an ARG for Jack of All Trades that I I always forget that we have, but we do. Um, We have an actual Fidus Acadie's official company Twitter account. This is real. <laughs> this is excellent. Yeah. This is excellent. Or, or 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 live theater has like a weird bridge here yeah. where like mm-hmm. if a character smokes, this is like almost exclusive to scent specifically with theater, or if you know, character yes. touch like if you if you go see cabaret yeah. and the world the- was uh, being a set designer and, and director for theater and going around and just spraying the <laughs> the, the smoke scent of yeah. stuff yeah. Yeah, this, it makes a big difference. This, the cigarette's going to impact you exactly the same way. If the Kit Kat boys from Cabaret come down and sit in your lap, they're going to affect you the same way they're affecting people on stage, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Even the orchestra is beautiful. I was in Cabaret, or like whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I literally exist. My trumpet exists for you the same way it does for the MC. Like, Yeah. Yep. That bridges the gap between you and the media. I wonder if that's also why it's been a big trend to see horror because that um, this impacts you. It's not often a friendly feeling, is it? Mm-hmm. Like when we're experiencing media, uh, the, when it reaches out and grabs you in a way that you are no longer in control of how it impacts your world, that is not often received as a friendly gesture. <laughs> it's very much a, hey, no, 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 you can go right back into the TV box, sir. I don't need you in my living room. Get out of here, Samara. <laughs> yes, Samara, uh, look at you. I've been doing our yoga, I see. But there's there's an element of intrusiveness to it that I think lends well to. So I wonder then if diegetic um, audio dramas are kind of like the ultimate diegetic fiction experience and in the the way that we are capable of creating it right because sound sound is sound is sound right we can if we're hearing what the characters are hearing there is no barrier between us and the character and if that is the only information we have then that's that is the truest possible relay of information um on how you're receiving it too like yeah thing it is like if you're Night Vale, you are listening to the radio, like Kai said. You know, yeah. Kakos Industries, you are a shareholder receiving the, you know, uh, uh, updates, whatever it happens to be. You yeah. Know, versus Wolf 359 is less of like a intrusive, scary spookum where it's like, it is fully canonical that it's recorded. It's, you know, the sound is diegetic, right? This is actually happening there on a ship, but it's not the same, like, put into your hands yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. That is true. That is do you, true. Do you find then that there is like a quality barrier for you where if, because it's meant to be this kind of, this is exactly what you're hearing and it's, is if the sound design isn't like quote unquote good enough, 
do you find that that can then make a non or make a sorry make a digestive thing not as good for you because it's like well that's not what it sounds like do you know what i mean like do you, how yeah, hard yeah, yeah. is it sounding like a punch does, does can you do like a <laughs> we have like <laughs> yeah, yeah we have I mean. jack jump and it's a boing like yeah like, can you do that? Or does it have to be you have to be realistic you can't do like the tricks that you do in normal sound design a punch has to just be it just has to sound like you'll be you know what i mean it's a very good question and then you have this really high standard for sound design of like well you'd you have to take it all the way and be fucking like, shit and like so like you know. a punch sounds really anticlimactic um mm. for those who haven't been punched or thrown punched i can i can i can or tell you even like it's yeah. so boring to hear it is so, Slap, it does, slapping sounds great slapping sounds yeah. fantastic yes yeah, slapping sounds amazing but but punches nothing um mm. it just sounds vaguely damp it's horrible but um it, it's it's all just a little too squishy but um the punch effect that we give in audio if we gave the actual sound of a punch no one would buy it no one would buy that that was a punch it'd be like why did you yeah. just hit that dude with a fish like well, that's a very bizarre thing that you've just done that doesn't intimidate yeah. me at all versus like the sound effects that we create for punching create um a, it's entirely fake no punch in the world sounds like that no punch has ever sounded like that but like, we as people will yeah. immediately hear that and go that was a punch there's also with audio because we're already in the mindset of like it's just voices mostly yeah. we also are set up for like even if it is just the like sound mm -hmm. you then have the uh, afterwards like yeah, you're you are way more forgiving of someone making like pain sound reaction sound versus just like you know in a, yeah. in a film you know but exactly Benoni, that's that's exactly what i mean is because kai you said realistic and that was the thing that i was like i was latched onto of like is it realistic though or is it You're, still like a yeah. hyper high standard of quality but i like i wouldn't necessarily say realism I mean, the, the standard example is the the lion's roar. That's not what lions sound like. I have worked with but both lions yeah. and tigers, and that is a tiger roar. Um, but lions sound stupid as hell. Yeah. <laughs> they like, what, bald like eagles? Dude. Bald eagles also sound dumb. <laughs> oh, yeah, isn't it? They use a red... No. What yeah, it's it? a red-tailed hawk. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But then I think what, when I said, like, realistic, I meant as in, so you're using, it like... quality, yeah like you know what the sound of a film is you're presenting a idea of reality as opposed to actual yes. reality but then yes. but do do because do diegetic podcasts do that or i like do you see what i mean like so does the standard to, of that matter like, to the quality of actual the media realism yeah. is if somebody was you know, if you do a diegetic fight scene you have to act as if you have stood in a fight scene outside a bar or whatever and recorded it and it has to sound like it would have which is usually a lot of footsteps and like that kind of thing <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like also though it's it's because it is fiction, you do get that plausible deniability of like, yeah. okay, mm. Blair Witch Project top to bottom is found footage and everything yeah. that happens in it is diegetic. Their audio is really fucking good for sprinting through the woods. Yeah, with yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, their their guy with that boom mic, man, you gotta you gotta yeah. again. Like he's, so, he's really good. <laughs> and so I feel like there is just like a touch of yeah. leeway there in that like yes it's going to be different it's going to be slightly towards like the realism side but it's not hyper realistic nobody's listening i, I mean yeah. the quality of it i think it depends on the framing right mm -hmm. um like and the genre because, and the genre very much so the genre um 
like, for example, you're talking about Magnus Archives, very, very early episodes. They just put the tape deck um, filter over the top of mediocre audio quality and nobody batted an eye at it because it was meant to be kind of like that. So I think if it's inconsistent with the story that's being presented, if like, for example, we have a hyper-realistic future sci-fi thing and then we hear it and it sounds like it's been put through a dishwasher like that's a bit weird and we're gonna have more difficulty yeah. buying into it whereas if it was a western be like okay sounds like yeah. it's gone through you know about eight shootouts that seems viable like that sounds about right um it's, so, i'm dreading in chain of being with us somebody makes a phone call because like do i yeah. it to the degree where it's like this is what a phone call sounds like but it's like it's however many years in the future right audio quality and transmission is gonna be fucking perfect but you're not gonna i don't want it to sound like they're in the room so yeah right it's it's a, it's a choice you have to make eventually that i've not yet had to make but when i do i, I will spend weeks too. trying to figure it out the yeah. uh, one of the big things that drives me nuts with um, audio diegetic media, and I know this is probably only a me, a me thing, um, so do not apply the standard to anybody. I'm neurotic enough that this is a, a thing that I notice. Um, blocking. Um, I my my original uh, artistic endeavor was musical theater. Blocking is my bread and butter. I know where everybody should be at any point in time. And so I track things and I think in like the 3D space a lot. And that's just kind of how my brain's always worked. So with Jack of all trades and with um, Midsummer's Quarantine, rudely enough, which is also diegetic, actually, now that I think about it, um, and not horror. There we go. Now we have an example. It is definitively not horror. <laughs> um, but all of those are have blocking as to where the microphone is at any given point in time and relative to where the other characters are. Um, because I pay attention, me, I, Amy, pay attention, and I go, you were not on that side of the room two seconds ago, and I did not hear any air motions that you were turning. I did not hear any effort. I heard nothing. We are still facing the same direction. That motherfucker either needs some footsteps or to stay put. And, like, <laughs> so that's something that I follow very closely um, to for immersive stuff if I'm meant to be living through the microphone, so to speak. Um, I, that paying attention to that is something that I can't really get away from. And I thought that was actually a wonderful thing about Chain of Being too, in, in, when it is immersive, that one guy hammering a nail in the background is exactly where he is the entire time when Adam passes him by, you can hear it. And like that, that is so cool to me and it is immediately drags me into that like way beyond the point of suspension of belief i am now willing to follow whatever the hell you throw at me so with stuff like i think you can increase your quality in ways that have nothing to do with the actual audio quality is what i'm getting at um yeah. if your blocking is solid enough you could make it sound like you recorded it on a tape deck um but it's in mm. the sci-fi future so long as your blocking is believable enough people will be like i guess something happened to the files between now and then um, must be my headphones my right. 21st century yeah. headphones exactly yeah um oh there's why it's a bit of a why so many horror podcasts oh sorry sorry <laughs> i was gonna say there's your excuse for the telephone calls Ty yeah. is like oh it's your headphones actually good evening yeah. listeners your headphones can't pick up the quality of it's your uh, fault if you think about it it's your, everyone here can hear it perfectly fine you're the odd one out <laughs> you should feel <laughs> bad about it anyway this That's episode is sponsored by raycon yeah <laughs> um 
Is that is that why so many <laughs> horror podcasts have that, or like even just like, well, yeah, so many so many of these podcasts have like it's almost like a meme at this point. I was I was making the joke with my um, housemate that like you could there should be like a shared universe of like horror podcasts where everyone just has tape decks like they they never <laughs> progressed past tape decks and that's why everyone uses them in everything like I, is, is it use it because it's such an iconic thing and if you do take liberties with like realism whatever that means yeah once you put the tape deck thing it's like oh this is a recording and so then it kind of like is a very easy way to go oh look it's so. a recording it's okay it's like analog horror pretty much yeah. like yeah. where you can you can instantly make footage found also, by putting cctv lines on it you yeah, know that is true which cctv yeah. cameras now do not have those lines no. they no. are government Hi, drones bud. looking in my window okay. yeah <laughs> hey bud um but yeah it's <laughs> the the tape deck also has um this is this is a, a foley thing that i'll mm. touch on briefly before we we should wrap this this up but um we Foley artists and um, any sound designer or music designer, anybody who's trying to create an atmosphere with sound. So again, touching on the musical theater history here. Um, there's a vibe to sound. There's a reason why some things are pleasant, some things are not. Um, I am willing to bet that Kai knows way more about the, the actual information about that than I do. But I know that at a baseline, some mm. stuff sounds nice, some stuff doesn't. Um, yeah. And typically the more mechanical a sound is, the rougher it'll be because it's not designed to sound nice to you. It is, it is a sound that is a product of whatever is happening, um, not an indicator noise. So tape decks don't have um, indicator noises that have been designed. Those are all mechanics. So if you are hearing the click, you are literally hearing the, the gears of the tape hitting the mechanism that is stopping them from moving. Um, you are hear, hearing the magnets shift around in the little plastic box. Um, it is a very mechanical device, and as a result, there's nothing about it that has been designed to be pleasing. Yeah. Whereas if, say, I recorded this on my... I don't even know if iPods had recording, and I don't think they oh, did. Oh, trust me, they did. <laughs> and for cool. <laughs> you could control, I guess, would be the way that I... But, um, <laughs> they I, did. Oh, yeah. Down, yeah. To the, down to the uh, nano with a scroll... You yeah, I did because I did record stuff with my nano. Um, but like, it's still like a like like <laughs> it doesn't sound like I'm running for my life here. I'm never going to see my children again. <laughs> like, it's gonna you know what? I was just thinking actually. The kind of is the kind of the equivalent of that in in the and the, as you were describing the mechanical thing of like undesigned. Yeah, like when you like pick up a like when I'm recording with a zoom, the fucking worst thing. Well, it's like a field recorder. The worst thing is like the like movement sounds on the mic like you can hear your hands on the outside casing yep. because the vibrations are going through into the diaphragm so there is no beep when it stops but you know i literally yeah, exactly like you know i've picked up the mic and pressed stop because right at the beginning in the end there's a and it always does the exact same thing and like yeah so i think that might be the modern equivalent so yeah but it's also tapes sound cool it's iconic you know is yeah. sexy yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll end there. Why tape recorders? They suck. <laughs> Sexy. Um, it was, it was, as you were saying, like, oh yeah, mechanical noises, they're not meant to be like, oh, they're, they're not pleasant, they're rougher. And then inside I went, maybe there's something yeah, wrong with like, I love like to, mechanical noises. Yeah, call, call, the, call the conversation back to why does Bucky Barnes have 45 straps? Because mechanical noise is sexy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That was the whole reason for the arm, too. Get really. that arm moved. Just, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, the articulation joint. I wanted to talk to the pro, the prop maker there and we have some interesting conversations. Anyway, hey, same. <laughs> anyway, mechanical shit hits different. Is we're gonna land on that. Literally, <laughs> I play the sounds of fucking machinery to go to bed. Motors and I. Gyros. I used to listen to a. Fox. There's our there's our third track for our analog fucks. <laughs> I used to listen to a a, a Soviet submarine ambiance to fall asleep Shit. because it was just enough like empty dead sound with like bing, bing <laughs> like activate my like it was great it was fabulous. Yeah, I'm better right. now. <laughs> Doubt. Um, we're gonna have our dinner break and we'll be back at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, 5 p.m. Mountain, if you're in my range, and uh, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Uh, we'll be back to talk about the future of scripted audio drama. All right, guys. See ya. Oh, yeah. It's starting at 12 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Now, you seem to me to be a connoisseur of the best of radio drama. In which case, make sure you're subscribed to the Monday Matinee feed. There we have our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio drama. So, yeah, either the main Mutual Audio Network feed for all types and genres of audio drama, or the Monday Matinee. And we'll see you there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.